This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. You actually said this to me a while ago, like quit things early. And I think there's no shame in that. Like if something's not working, I think sometimes we glorify like pushing as hard as you possibly can just because you wrote it down. But I also think if you're not super motivated to do something, like just don't do it. Like you can change, it's your life. You can change your goals. So I've been trying to get better at that. Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode is actually a little bit different, but I had to upload this on my podcast. So if you didn't know, Rella hosted a webinar recently, and it was all about goal setting, how to actually keep track of your goals. And it was more like a fireside chat than a webinar, I would say. But I brought on Natasha, who is our head of product at Rella. If you guys heard her from a previous episode this month, you guys know who she is. Uh, I also brought on Sarah Boss, who she has gone viral on TikTok twice last year. Once was because she went viral for like 97 cent laundry detergent or something like that, like laundry that you can make at home. And then the other time was more recently because she went viral because of the Panera lemonade. Like it's like a supercharged lemonade that has like a bunch of caffeine in it. And it got like millions of views. She was seen on like so many publications, talk shows, like it was mentioned everywhere. And it was so funny. So she went viral there. She grew last year from literally 200 followers to over 200,000 followers in like less than two months. It was insane. And she's also one of Rella's very first users. So that was very exciting. And then Tess Barclay, she is actually the founder of the first all-female marketplace. And she is all about like the corporate girlies, the career gals, the people that really, you know, they want to level up their career and climb the ranks. And she started a marketplace for it and like a network community for it called Busy Blooming. And I'm actually going to be on one of her panels or webinars next week, which I'm really excited about. But anyways, I wanted them to come on because they are just the definition of someone that like reaches their goals and someone that achieves their goals and sticks to them. And I thought that there'd be no better guests than Natasha, Tess, and Sarah to talk about goal setting. So this was a webinar. If you already attended it, then feel free to re-listen to it because I feel like there were so many good nuggets of wisdom in this episode. But if not, I needed to share it with my podcast audience because this was just such a good webinar and there were so many like notes that were being taken. There were so many people in the chat room. It was super interactive and I want to make sure that everyone listens to it if you are trying to reach your goals. So it's a little bit different than my normal podcast because it's not podcast style, but it feels like a little fireside chat. So I hope that you guys enjoy this recording of the webinar. And if you guys like these as podcasts, then let me know because we try to do these like every other month, but this is the first time I've uploaded to the pod. So anyways, without further ado, let's welcome Natasha, Tess, and Sarah on my podcast slash Rella's webinar. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I am so excited that we are finally doing this webinar. It's all about setting goals and going after your goals and realistically achieving them. 
So we're just going to get started. I am Natalie and I am the founder of Rella and also a content creator. This year we've spent building Rella and kind of putting it out there. And if you guys don't know what it is, it's a digital workspace for creators to really manage all of their content and organize their content creation workflow. So you guys can plan posts from all platforms. You can track your goals, which we'll talk about a little bit here. You can like reorganize your feed. You can keep all of your content creation notes. We really want to be a guide for growing on social media. And we're releasing a ton of new things this year and we're really growing quickly this year. So we'll talk about that at the end and we'll give you a little sneak peek of what's to come. But anyways, I'm going to be the one that's moderating. I'll be asking the questions and then Sarah, Tess, and Natasha will be, you know, giving the real like details and the the real knowledge. So Sarah, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi guys. My name is Sarah Boss and yes, I'm a content creator. I create content for myself and then I also manage a TikTok studio for a marketing agency in New York City. And I also have a podcast called Attainable Podcast, which is my pride and joy. My major platform is TikTok, but I'm pretty much present on everything. And I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And also Sarah, you might know her from her viral videos. <laughs> she has a few viral videos right now. One of them was like a laundry detergent one. And then another one was the Panera lemonade. Yeah. One that like the a laundry detergent one really was my claim to fame. And then the Panera lemonade. I had one today. My Panera people know me now. I'm pretty proud of that as well as it's probably concerning. I love it. And Tess. Well, hello, everybody. I see some busy blooming girlies in the audience. I see Emily, Rebecca, Destiny. Hi, everybody. So my name is Tess. I'm the founder of Busy Blooming. We are a brand for the corporate girlies, the girls who get it. It's the best community out there. There's about 5,000 of us. Um, we have a podcast. We have a bunch of different ways to empower women across the globe to build their career. I'm also a content creator. I'm a podcaster. I'm mainly on YouTube and TikTok, I guess, both equally now. But yeah, that's about me. I'm in, from Toronto and... I'm, I'm really excited. As well. Yeah, I love it because I, when I was working a corporate job, I wish I had something like busy blooming. Like, I just think it's like such a needed thing in the in the space right now. And I love seeing like how engaged your community is. So I'm really excited to kind of hear what you have to say today. And Natasha, you guys might already know her from previous webinars, but yeah, hi everyone. I'm Natasha. I'm the head of product at Rella, and I've been with Rella since the beginning and seen it grow. I do social media and marketing and designs at Rella. So if you've ever interacted with our Instagram and our TikTok, I'm on there. And if you DM us, I'll send you um, a message back. And yeah, I'm just really excited to talk about goals. I'm obsessed with updating our goals on Rella. And I think for 2023, it'll be exciting to see where Rella grows. Yeah. To kick things off, I mean, we're going to talk about how to reach milestones throughout the year, what makes a good goal, how to distinguish between certain goals, burnout, like we really are getting into it tonight. And so the first question I actually wanted to ask everyone was, how do you even decide your goals and like what you're going to set and what your intentions are for the year? I can kind of start. So with setting goals, my biggest challenge that I've had over the years and it's been what I've had to overcome is figuring out which goals were mine and which goals were somebody else's. Because I, especially like right after college, had an issue with setting goals and figuring out what the path like I wanted to take versus a path that somebody else wanted to take. So much so that I started a career I hated, really went down that road. When I say I struggle with that, I really struggled with that. But it also helped me learn that self-reflection is so important with that. And I learned to ask myself, like with the goal, like if I'm setting something like I want to have this many followers or I want to make this much money or I want to be this kind of person, whatever, would the person I want to be in 10 years be doing that or have that same goal? And if not, then... I'm like, that isn't even what I want to do. That's something I, I saw on somebody else's page or that's something that I feel that somebody else wants me to do. It's not actually what I want to do. Yeah, I love that. I never thought of it that way. Like, is it mine or is it someone else's? Because I feel like a lot of times it's something where you do see other people and like you compare yourself to them and you think that that will make you happy because they seem happy. Mm -hmm. But everyone is going to have very, very unique goals and intentions throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah, I can hop in. One thing I do when setting intentions for goals is I look at what I've been putting off. And I think one thing is that like none of us 
have goals that, you know, we don't envision us like meeting. So one thing I do is I look at everything that I've been putting off and dreams that I've had in the past. And I make those goals and like envision myself actually achieving them. Because I think it's intimidating when you like start a goal and you don't know how it's going to happen. But when you envision like the end result and look at what you've been putting off, I think that helps a lot. You know what the best feeling is when you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water. And so it, so it not only gives you immediate shine, but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part. In a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss give your hair a glow up with way go to t-h-e-o-u-a-i and use promo code real real for 15 percent off any product that's t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code real real this episode is brought to you by paramount plus get in loser mean girls is now streaming on paramount plus join katie heron as she meets the plastics and tina fey's new twist on the modern classic get ready for more of the rumors backstabbing and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises rated pg-13 wear pink and head to paramountplus.com to try it free Tess, how do you set yours like how do you think about the next year ahead because i know i feel like you have a lot of different buckets of goals yeah, one thing about me is I don't have a chill bone in my body when it comes to setting goals. It's like my entire personality starting December 1st, I feel like, which, you know, I feel like a lot of the girlies in the busy community know. So the biggest thing that I do is I think a lot about the last year and how I want to feel and how I don't want to feel again in the new year. I think in the past, I always would like just focus so hard on seeing like basically I could torture myself as much as possible the next year. And I would set these like really lofty, stressful goals. But this year, I've really been trying to like look back and see, okay, how did we feel last year? What did I accomplish? And if I didn't accomplish something, I don't just, you know, bring it to the next year. I really try to reflect on why didn't I get that done? Like maybe it just doesn't fit my routine. Maybe I'm not passionate about it anymore. So that's usually how I start first. It's like a big reflection on how we're feeling last year and then how we want to feel going to the new year. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think it's good acknowledging like your habits and your patterns of, okay, I don't want to spend the next year like torturing myself. Like let's come up yeah. with something realistic. Do you like give up halfway on them or are you someone that's like always looking back to it and like seeing like, oh, have I gotten closer? Have I progressed with this? Yeah, I think it's good to do like quarterly check-ins with the goals. But I also think like, I think you actually said this to me a while ago, like quit things early. And I think there's no shame in that. Like if something's not working, I think sometimes we glorify like pushing as hard as you possibly can just because you wrote it down. But I also think if you're not super motivated to do something, like just don't do it. Like you can change, it's your life. You can change your goals. So I've been trying to get better at that. But quarterly check-ins, I feel like are good to see what's going on. Retweet that. Absolutely. <laughs> if it doesn't feel good and you tell Don't us worry. personal experience, if it does not feel good, listen to your gut because yeah. it will not lead you astray and it will knock you in the right path whether you want to or not. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people like it's okay to quit. Like I think it's worse to not try something and yeah, maybe you didn't fail, but like you didn't try either than it is to try something and realize early, like this isn't for me and quit. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame because it's just, just going to get you to where you want to be quicker. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You can definitely accomplish more if you're flexible in that way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And now, like, once you set those goals, how are you tracking them? Like, what are the tools that you use? We have a few here that we've listed, but I want to know what has actually made an impact in your life and actually tracking it. Because there's one thing to have it in your head. And I have a lot of ambitious and lofty goals that I put in my head. But like, if I'm not writing it down, or if I'm not actually tracking it, I don't even remember the previous year. Like, it's like, I have no idea what I had said and what I didn't say. So I'm someone that like, I like journaling, like I'm a big journaler, and I'll journal my goals. Now I do use Rella as well to track numerical goals. So follower count, revenue, things like that. Like I like having it in a visual place where I can see it on my phone, where it automatically tracks it. But is there anything else you guys use? I know we have like the busy blooming template as well, which I want to shout out to. I have like different things for different types of goals, like personal goals. It's much more of like a written down or a vision board, like on Pinterest kind of thing. With my social media, I use the goals on Rella because I like the bars. And then with other like metric based, I'm like a Google Sheets nerd. So I can like calculate data, predict like what things are going to look like in the next couple months so that the goals I'm setting, if it is numerical, like can actually like be setting that based on trends and like all going into that. But if for my personal goals, I got to be careful because I'm one of those where if I want to do something, like I'll do it. But if somebody else tells me to do something, I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to do it just because you told me that I had to. Except sometimes I'll confuse myself. And so if I get like too bossy with myself, like writing things, if I'm like, oh, I have to do these. As soon as I think to myself, oh, I have to do this this year, all of a sudden my motivation's gone. It's like somebody else told me to do it. And I'm like, I have to like trick myself into wanting it again. It's like, Hey, remember like nobody's bossing you around. That's good. Which is why Pinterest. I'm like, Oh yeah. The visuals like vision boards, like this looks pretty. Nobody's bossing me around. Even if it's me. Yeah. yeah. You don't like being told what to do. Like, Don't tell me what to do, including my own sub- subconscious. That's funny. Tess, someone in the chat actually said that they love the busy blooming template and it's like such a good starting point. So how is that something you've been using for a while? Yeah, I see they said they tried to send no ship yourself and gave up. I feel that notion is one of those things where I feel like if you don't have a template, it can't be confusing, but it's worth it. You've got to push through because I just love notion. It's like the best thing ever. I, I plan my whole life on it. I actually think I'm gonna plan my wedding on notion as well. But yeah, I think it's just the coolest tool because we all have different definitions of fun, but I think it's really fun every month to go through and like change all the photos and make it kind of that theme for the month. But yeah, I use Notion basically for everything. I also use my notes app and I, every single year since like 2019, I've made a little 2020 whatever goals and do a little checklist because I feel like if it's on my phone, I look at it way more. So I think that's also helpful. But I think just in general, whatever you use, having your goals at the forefront of everything so you don't forget them and you look at them every day. I feel like that's a really good thing. Notion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natasha, I know that you're definitely big on like, you use Rella's goals and to plan like Rella's 2023 goals a lot. Do you use anything else or have you been keeping up with that? Yeah, I use the reminders on my phone as well. And I'll put like reminders throughout the month, like way ahead of time. So like some random day, I'll get that reminder for the goal and it's like back on my mind again. And then also like I never underestimate just like writing things down, like I have this chalkboard here. I have a whiteboard over there. I even write stuff down on my mirror just to like keep it in front of my face. So I always see those goals. I think it's just like having those constant reminders, whether that's like manual or sending them ahead of time. Yeah. For the first time ever, I actually made like a vision board on Pinterest. And I'm surprised at like how much that actually helps. Like I never understood vision boards. Like I was like, it's just a photo. Like, I don't know, but I think it just helps you like envision the way that you want to like live your life in a way or just like kind of experience life and not in a way of like comparison to these Pinterest photos, but like as a source of inspiration. And so that's been like super helpful for me. I was going to say, like, have you guys seen the thing about putting it as your iPhone or laptop wallpaper and somebody just put it in the chat? I saw that today and I was like, oh, that's so aesthetically pleasing. I'm into that. And it's like a constant reminder. And I really, really like that. Or I've seen people who they'll maybe not the vision board, but they'll do like a screenshot of their notes or whatever. So it's like constantly you see it. I really like that because it's incorporated into your daily habits. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like pressure with them though? Like if you see it all the time, if you're not watching them, do you feel pressure? Like what's the balance between that? 100%. That's something that I've really like struggled with because I find sometimes, and usually this means that I'm setting a goal 
like I might be getting too lofty. I think there's a difference between feeling unhealthily pressured by a goal and feeling a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. I think goals that make you nervous or scared or like mm, they usually goes into like dreams that make you nervous, or scared. I'm like, that's awesome. Like if things that scare me, I run towards things that make me feel pressure end up paralyzing me and I don't take action. And so then with that, I usually need to revisit that goal, which also, especially when they're numerical goals, that's why for me, like the data helps. And, you know, that's getting really nerdy, but seeing it break down month by month and also knowing that that data is coming from past trends or growth that I've seen somewhere else. Like it's in my head, it's not me saying, oh, this is possible. It's math saying it's possible. So I'm like, oh, math doesn't lie. Like, we'll be fine. Yeah, no, I love that. That's why I really like tracking like social media followers and things like that. Because even if you're growing slowly, you're still growing. And I think that that's what matters. And let me tell you guys, I have been growing slowly for the past like two years. Like it's been slow. And like my entire journey on social media has been slow and steady. Like I always tell people that I never had something that just like blew me up. And I really, really love it because it's made me kind of see like what's realistic and what's possible. And I think so many people are like striving to go viral, whereas you don't necessarily need to go viral to grow. You just need to make like small little incremental changes over time. And then in 10 years, like it will be, you know, those big changes over time, but you do not need to have like a viral growth spurt to have, you know, success or to actually see like a positive impact. And I just want to tell you that because I have never had anything go viral and like viral in the sense of like, oh my God, this is like blowing up and social media wise, like it's my full-time job. It's my full-time income. So it's definitely possible. So I also want to say that like little changes are still good. Yeah. And the next question I wanted to talk about is like, what makes a goal a good goal. So I know we talked about not feeling pressure and not having it be a goal that's that's from someone else, but is there anything else that you kind of feel in the beginning of the year? Like, "Mm, is this something that's actually going to be achievable or do you ever like throw them out in the middle of the year because you realize that like this actually was not something good? Yeah, I think kind of what you were saying before, Sarah, about long-term goals, something I like to do as well is think of first your big, scary goals, I always say. And so things like, like, you don't even have goals that are almost a little cringe. Like you don't even want to say them out loud because it's kind of embarrassing. Like those ones, those are the things I think you should think of first. And then you can kind of like do a little work back plan or you can work it back. So you have a goal maybe in 10 years to move to New York and be a full-time podcaster. So, okay. So now what can I do this year to get to that big, scary goal? So I think that that's a good goal. Like if it's something that is aligned with one of your big, scary lifelong goals, I think that makes it good. But also I think something that's really like genuinely sustainable is a good goal as well. Like something that's not like, I'm going to not ever be able to do this ever again. Like if it's, you want to post five times a day on TikTok, that's your goal. If that's only going to last the year, I think maybe that it's not so sustainable. So I think if it's sustainable and it's very like genuinely aligns with your big, scary goals. Yeah, I like what you were saying earlier, how like some goals are like dreams where it's like very scary, kind of those cringe ones that it's like, ooh, like, I feel like that will never happen. And I like those because it allows you to kind of really dream really big. But then you kind of like you said, Tess, like you break it down year by year, and then you can break that down quarter by quarter, however you want to do it. And it just makes it feel more realistic. But I think it's also good to have it as like a dream, or like a very long term thing, because then you don't feel pressure of like, Oh, my God, I need to be able to quit my job within six months, like you can enjoy the process. Slow growth is good growth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but like a good goal in my mind is like ones that are measurable. So like, for example, like you might have a goal of going viral or being more comfortable around the camera, but those are kind of hard to measure. So what you could still have that goal, but just like reframing it and putting more like action behind it instead of just having like a blanket statement. So I think that's what also makes a good goal. Yeah, we do that a lot within the team at Rella. So for example, One of our goals this year is to have, you know, a better like adoption rate and having like more people sign up and like use the product right away and like retain and all of this stuff. And instead of just saying like, we want more users to like the product, because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Like we want more people to use it and like it. 
that's the goal. But then we'll like break it down with like, okay, what is that actually going to look like in terms of numbers? So we want 20% increase of these people adopting this specific feature within this amount of days. I'm getting very technical here, but mm-hmm. that's just, it helps you actually see if you're succeeding or not, because what defines someone liking it? You know, like there's nothing that can like actually define that. So like Natasha's point, like, oh, I want to go viral. Okay. What amount of views would like make you feel like that was accomplished? Like I want one video to hit 10,000 views. Okay. The next one to hit 50,000 views. The next one, you know, I feel like having a number is actually helpful, even though I know numbers intimidate a lot of people. I think it's realistic. And it's also like Sarah was saying, like data doesn't lie. Math doesn't lie. Like if you're hitting those things, then like you should feel really proud and confident. And I always say like, start out with like little increments so that you can be like really proud of yourself when you do hit that like smaller goal. So like, okay, I have a hundred followers. I really want to hit like 150. That is so much more realistic than saying I want to hit a hundred thousand, you know, even if that is what you want to do, like, let's break it down first. Yeah. I feel like the, like the dreams are like the qualitative and then you break it down to the goals that are like quantitative. And then you break it down even more to these like tasks or habits, especially with like, especially with social media growth. Like for me, the numbers were too intimidating, even like down to views. And so my first goals were just based on consistency because I needed to first see success with something I had direct control over. And I was like, I have direct control over what I post. I can say, yes, that happened. No, that happened. And I know exactly if that's going to happen because that is something that I do. And that was in the beginning of me posting. So I didn't know what like the audience habits looked like. I didn't know what my views would be looking like. So I couldn't predict that. So I didn't feel comfortable setting goals there because I was like, I just made me nervous. So I was like, you know what I can do though? I can say I'm going to post five times a week and I know if I'm going to do that or not. And I can blame nobody but myself if it doesn't happen. So I was like, perfect. I love that because like views and followers, like you really can't control it. It's very hard to control. I mean, especially even from a company, like we are just now being able to take the data that we tracked last year and make predictions because we hadn't tracked data like that. And so this is the first year as a full-blown like marketing company that we're able to set goals like that because we have data to back and we can see the trends based on seasons and everything. And I think people really underestimate how powerful that is. And you can sometimes end up disappointing yourself or putting too much pressure and you set like, oh, I should be able to to hit this. I should be able to hit this. And in my opinion, if you're saying should, you should probably go ahead and back up right then. I hate that word. I hate it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up controllable goals too. That's something I talked about on our previous webinar, like the T on social strategy one. And I think putting yourself in control of the goals instead of letting the goals like control you like really changes the perspective. And even if like posting three times a day is something that's intimidating, like say that you're trying to grow on YouTube, instead of saying like, I want to have a posting schedule of three times a week, like that can seem very intimidating, you can reframe it and say, okay, I want to film 10 minutes a day. And by doing those 10 minutes a day, then you get to like the three times a week. I love that. I need to start doing that with TikTok. (laughs) Like the speakers here are great to push me because like, I really want to be consistent on TikTok and it's been so hard for me just being on so many platforms. So I definitely need to start like reframe it in that sense of like, just film a few minutes a day. Literally TikTok is also, I have no excuse. Film one minute a day. (laughs) I cannot, YouTube, this is the year where I'm like toying. I haven't even written it down. I'm like toying with the idea of YouTube. And I wanted to ask, I was like, I'm going to talk to Natalie and see <laughs> what my mentality needs to be prepared for. Yeah, no, TikTok is like, yeah, you could literally like set 10 minutes a day for just TikTok creation. And that's consistency right there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing that, you guys. Everyone follow me and watch my consistency. Yeah. <laughs> ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And I feel like we also have the perfect speakers to talk about this, about personal versus business, because all of us here are also business gals, but also 
have like a lot of, you know, personal goals as well. So I would love to know how you guys separate the two. Do you separate it? Because also, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, my personal goals, my business goals kind of are intertwined because I feel so connected to my company and like even my content creation and social media, like it's just like a part of me. So how do you separate it or do you not separate it? I don't, (laughs) or I, I struggled with not in, instead I had to like, I'll set my business goals. And then I made myself set personal goals, which ended up being like more fun goals. And it was like business goals are career related. My personal goals were very much, it's just to bring joy to life. And like, I think everything should have a why. Every why for my personal goals are just to bring joy into my day, whatever that may be. I love that. I do separate them very intentionally just because I feel like for me, something I've really realized is like, for me, the key to work-life balance is having a life outside of work. And if I don't set personal goals, I will not have a life because I am obsessed with working, which I'm trying to work on this year. So for me, I have my business, Busy Blooming. So we have a team of five people. And so when we have our team meetings, we set our Busy Blooming like business goals. And so for me, that's kind of how I separate it. And then I also have my content creation business goals. So basically anything that makes money to me is my business goals. So I have like five for each of those. And then I have my personal ones like reading and fitness and all these things. Because in the past, I haven't set any personal ones. I was like, I don't even care about anything else. So I'm just going to like focus on my businesses this year. But I think it's good to have some personal goals because then it makes you just have a more fulfilling, something more to work towards, I guess, than just business related stuff. So yeah, I do separate them. Are they all on your Notion template? Like are all of them in the same template or do you separate those two? Yeah. So our team of Busy Blooming has our own Notion account. And so all the business ones are on there. And then I have my own personal Notion. And then I have a content creation Notion. So three, just because I feel like that's my three brains. So yes, yes. I'm so impressed. I need, I need to, to get like... back on Notion, man. I used to be a Notion fiend and I don't know what happened. I only use Notion for budgeting. Like I don't use it for anything else. And I you feel use like it I need for to. Budgeting? Yes. <laughs> I don't use it at all. I've like never used it. Like I, I just I just don't think it's for me. I don't <laughs> one of those things where like you like go back to it a couple times and then one time you watch one YouTube video on how to set up a Notion template and five hours go by. And then you're like, oh, every person I've talked to has had, I don't know what, like the notion coma where they went back and they just had these hours where they set up their whole template. That's happened every single time. I need to go back into my notion coma and try again. (laughs) (laughs) If you're comfortable sharing, I would love to hear some personal goals. I think business goals, like we know what that looks like, but I would love to hear some examples if you guys are willing. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, one of my personal goals, and th- these are like, again, they're not like numerical, they're not easy to track necessarily. But like, I have a goal of just like strengthening my friendships and like my relationships with my family, for example. And so with that, like the way I'm trying to do that is like, okay, I'm gonna go and out of my way and like actually visit more. And I'm gonna, you know, maybe text my siblings like, hey, what's up? Like, how's school? How's your life? Like, just being more intentional with that or like in the car ride, like let me give someone a call instead of listening to music. And so just having that in the forefront makes me do it throughout my day instead of, you know, tracking it like numerically. It's just because I'm looking at that and I'm realizing that that's something I want to work on. I'm like more intentional throughout the day with it. Or like one of my personal goals was to like start journaling more. And so I just like started adding that into my routine. Like I was like, I'm just going to add it to my morning routine. and I'm going to stack it like in between this and this. And I ended up like, I'm almost done like filling up one of my journals, you know, and I used to like be someone that only journaled when I was like really sad, like to like vent. And now I'm like, I don't want this to be like a sadness diary. Like I need this to be something that's like happy. And so I have like prompts and I add it in my morning routine. So so things like that is like some of my personal goals. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats yeah. on the journal. That's huge. That's awesome. Thanks. Speaking on being like intentional with people, something I did in college is like on my walk to class, I would text someone like a friend that I hadn't reached out to in a while, but I need to find like a time in my day to do that again. Cause it was so easy when I was walking to class because everyone wants to be on their phone when they're walking to class. But yeah, I, that reminded me that I need to you know, just like be more intentional. And I think Tess, the way that you put it about personal versus business, I completely like relate to and agree with like, I'm very much 
on the business goal side, but not as much on the personal. And I listened to your podcast and I like screen recorded the little section about like personal goals or like creating categories. And I listened to it like over and over again because I was like, I need to get this in my head. <laughs> but um, that was really helpful. And yeah, one personal goal I have this year is just to get back into art because I feel like all the art and design I do is like on a screen and like not as much with my hands anymore. So I have this goal, but I haven't, you know, taken action on it yet. But it's just to spend like 20 minutes a day, like doing something like artsy with my hands. I love that. Yeah. What about you, Tess? What are some of your personal goals? Yeah. Well, let me just screen share all my notions. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And thanks, Natasha, for saying that. That's that's really nice. And I have a lot of personal goals, like a specifically fitness ones, like just be the fittest I've ever been and certain things like lifting goals and things. I have a lot of more emotional ones too. I had a really stressful year last year. And one of my goals this year is just like, for example, I'm no content tears. Like I just am not um, crying a single tear over content creation this year. I just, I can't do it. So stuff like that. I have goals. Um, I need to learn Swedish, just like little things like that. So yeah. Just have fun. It's another goal. <laughs> have more Maybe fun. Learning a language. I'm learning French. If you haven't found like mine, I was like, I have to have lessons. I need to have somebody, but that can get very expensive. Found a hack for learning a language. Fiverr. I hired a teacher on Fiverr. Very affordable. He's super nice. And like when I'm talking extremely, well, I mean, it's public information. He's like $5 a lesson or something for a half hour. Yeah. And he's in the US. He he lives in Colorado, but it's like his second thing. He just kind of does it for fun. But there's a ton of languages and a ton of people for some really affordable prices. And so I knew I needed like appointments. I was like, I need to have like literal classes to learn this language. So yeah, that accountability is huge because I have Duolingo. So I speak Spanish, but I really want to get like better at it because I feel like my grammar is like so off and like the, there's certain words that I just don't know. And I always feel like frozen in fear when I'm like speaking to someone in Spanish because I just feel like I'm going to embarrass myself. So to me, I Duolingo, like it just doesn't do it for me. You know, like I just Duolingo, turn on like I I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Like, Duolingo makes me feel bad because I'm like, I'm not going to come back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like, I, I love the teacher. Like, I think that that's awesome. And I didn't think to look at Fiverr because I was looking at French teachers around here. One, there aren't many. And then Fiverr popped up and I was like, that's an idea. And there are a ton of teachers for every single language. And you can do conversational if you want to do writing. It's yeah, just big hack. There you go. You want to learn a language. <laughs> I love it. No, that's that's awesome. And now let's kind of talk about like the benchmarks that we set. Like, do you track benchmarks with goals? Do you work backwards? Like, for example, even like personal goals, business goals, doesn't matter, any of them. Are you like looking back every quarter and setting a reminder? Is it just when you think about it? Do you have anything that like automatically tracks it so you don't have to actually think about it? Or like, what's the actual, like the tips that people can like really put into action to use to get these done? Mine's all on Google Sheets. All <laughs> on Google Sheets. Give me a spreadsheet for everything. This year, I'm trying to not be so overly strategic with a lot of stuff. I'm trying to really lean into the emotional side of business more. That's one of my goals this year. And I think this year, what we're really going to do as a team and for myself personally is just really reflect on how we're feeling about everything every quarter as well, because sometimes you just don't feel good about what you're working towards. And that's a sign that maybe that door needs to close when the one can open. So yeah, definitely quarterly check-ins, but not even so much like quantitatively, just yeah, checking in how we're feeling about everything. And is it working? Is it not? And, and why? And yeah, I think also talking about your goals, I feel like is another good way because it's not necessarily like you have to be so in intentional about checking in because if you tell everybody about what you want to do subconsciously I think our ego is like makes us want to do it you work towards it more because you know people are kind of subconsciously watching um, but also people will bring it up more when you see them so I think you kind of have organic benchmark check-ins if you tell people a lot about your goals mm -hmm. that's a good point do you guys ever feel like embarrassed telling people about your goals or is it just something that comes naturally to you yeah because okay. then somebody else has to hold me accountable not just me yeah. <laughs> like what no absolutely not yeah I definitely sometimes I like try to keep it hidden sometimes because like I'm someone that I really don't want to like admit to other people that like I failed or like I didn't reach it you know because I 
especially if it's like a numerical thing, like I'm like, oh, like I said that I want to make this much money this year. I want to hit this many followers this year. And then it's like, I don't hit it. It's like, oh, yikes. Like you did something wrong. And I know that that's not the case, but like, it scares me sometimes to like tell people, but I do try to tell people about some like more so like personal ones, what I'll try to tell people about because then I feel like they can remind me of them and, or they're like just more conscious of it. So they'll like do things with me that like encourage those goals. Like one of my personal ones is, and this might sound like strange. I said this on my podcast, but it's like drink less alcohol this year. And it's not in a way of like, it's because everything in society as an adult, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but it's surrounded by drinking. Like at least that's how I felt. And it's, not like that I don't want to drink at all, but I just want to like do activities that don't involve that and like not have my social life around that. And so if I tell my friends that, then I know that then we'll do things that don't involve that. And, you know, we'll go on walks or do like fitness classes or some things that don't do that. Like I'm doing like dry January, for example. So like when I'm hanging out with my friends, it's like, oh yeah, well, we're not going to do like a wine night because of that, you know? So I think that when you tell people it, they can actually encourage you rather than necessarily just like keeping you accountable. It's more of like an encouraging thing too. So I think with certain things I do like telling people. I totally feel you with the fear of failure though. And that's, I mean, that's still, that's why I'm scared to tell people because I'm scared to fail myself. Like when I know that I didn't hit something. So for somebody else, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> like I don't really have advice to get over that except for failing. Like it's one of those things where I'm like, and that in my head, I almost have to make it my goal then to fail because I'm like, okay, it's a good thing if I fail because it's a lesson. So it's like, here's all my goals. They scare me. And then a little one at the bottom that says fail, flop on your face, totally F up. Like, and then I'm like, okay, there's my flop. <laughs> I'm in my flop era. <laughs> there it is. Checkbox. It's not that I did something wrong. It's something right. It's on my list. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Tess, someone said here about embrace being cringy. And I actually just saw your post about that. I loved it. Because like, yeah, lean into it. Like everyone that has like achieved their dreams or, you know, that you look up to and is successful started out as cringy. Like I always say that it's like people will make fun of you until you make it. And then they're like, Oh, my God, I love you. But like, before then, like people are going to make fun of you because you're not there yet. And so they're like, Oh, like, look at this person trying to think that there's someone they're not when it's like every single person starts like that. Like every single person starts cringy. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I've entered my like delusional era. Like, I don't know what <laughs> has been going on to me, but I, I agree. Like, I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And what I said in that TikTok is like, be a, a big cringy loser this year. Like, it's just, that's the best way to live life. And I think cringe is in the eye of the beholder, because if I saw someone for my tic- my uh, high school making TikToks, like I would never think that's cringy because I, I know TikTok is like a business and it's so exciting and all these things. And so I think you have to just do things and be cringy and do things and be embarrassed doing them. And and get comfortable being feeling like a loser because it's it's gonna eventually not feel that way. So yeah, I think even with like telling people your goals and all these things, like just be cringy and tell them everything. I, I'm a chronic overshare, I feel like as well. <laughs> but I yeah, I think it's good to just embrace it. Be like, this is a little cringe, but you know, it's what I want to do. I love it. <laughs> and <laughs> how do you guys like maintain your consistency with like actually tracking this or like not even tracking, just like maintain your consistency? Because I think. If you want to achieve anything, it all goes back to consistency. If you want to have followers, it's like what Sarah was saying. You do something that you can control, which is consistency. Do you guys have any tips on like maintaining that and I guess keeping yourselves accountable? Time blocking. Mm-hmm. Time blocking is my biggest one. And Natalie, you literally did it. You said 10 minutes a day and like that's attainable. That's like you can do that. And so if I have like a scheduled out, that's why I had to do like the only way I knew I could be consistent with French is if I had a time to do it. And then for me, I also need somebody to teach me, but like, it's mainly about almost making an appointment for yourself. I did that a lot in college. I would block off time for homework and block off time for, I had a morning time when I would work on my personal goals. And and it was like that time when I would be doing social media or doing like whatever it was outside of my scheduling, but I have to schedule it in my day. And that's my biggest tip for consistency is actually giving yourself the time to do it. So that you're not going at the end of the day because things get busy. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't do that today. I didn't do this one habit I was supposed to do today because it was already scheduled and it's in your calendar. I told you guys today, my calendar is my brain. Like that is, <laughs> that is 100% how I do anything. 
Yeah, I think reflecting on your progress helps a lot with consistency. And this is like one thing that we do at Rella at the end of every month, we do like a social media review. So I'll look at like all of our platforms, just taking screenshots of where we're at. And then at the beginning of the month, we'll like go over them, see the progress we've made, how we can improve. And I think like if we set those goals at the beginning of the year and like never looked at them again, like the odds are we probably like wouldn't hit them. But I think reflecting on your progress like helps you like get that energy back to be consistent. Definitely. And how do you avoid burnout? Because I think like we've touched on, it can be really scary, like having these big lofty ambitions and things like that. And then I think a lot of times the reason why people quit their New Year's resolutions is because of burnout. It's like, oh my God, I'm never going to hit this because people go into it. Like the biggest New Year's resolution I feel like is to like be healthier. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Like, and then they go to the gym once a week and they're like, oh, I can't even do this. And then, you know, cause it's like maybe seven times a week was ambitious. Like let's start, let's start smaller, you know? So how do you guys kind of like avoid that or how do you navigate it if you do get into it? Cause I think it's also realistic to say like everyone faces burnout at some point. Like I think there's no way or for me, there's like no way to fully avoid it. Like I know I'm going to hit it at some point, <laughs> but like I tried to delay it or like navigate it or try to avoid it as much as I can. I think now I've learned that you shouldn't be getting burnt out so often. It's, I think it's a sign that you're not living a sustainable lifestyle and you need to change your routine. Like that's something at least for me, I've really learned that if I'm burnt out at the end of every single month, like something's not working and I'm maybe pushing too hard and something that's maybe should be a little bit more effortless. And so, yeah, I think the biggest way to avoid burnout is just to create a sustainable routine. Like maybe going to the gym every day, like it's not your vibe. So go three times a week and that's sustainable. So yeah, I think just your your routine and your habits are everything. And yeah, I think that's what I've learned about burnout. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, I had to learn that rest is extremely productive and like really, really believe that to where when I was resting, I felt productive. And Natasha, I wonder as like an artist, if you feel this way, like I know that I have to rest or else artistically, creatively, I am worthless. And my whole job, I have to be ideating and creating. And so uh, all of us like, you know, And so realizing how productive rest can be and just doing nothing like and not nothing like scrolling on the couch, scrolling on TikTok on the couch. Like that's still that's not, you know, nothing but is in like sitting on my porch or maybe reading a book or for me, like art really has like painting has been like a really good escape, but something to have complete silence because I realize I'm not going to get any of the ideas or any of the creation that I need without that silence if anybody's ever read big magic everybody on here read big magic and then come back and thank me and then we'll read it again together because i've read it at least twice i'll probably read it again it's so good it's actually about creativity but it is something that reframed my mind about rest and your need for rest and really it's about plugging into that creative source whatever you feel like that may be but you have to be quiet to like be able to channel that and then be productive with it later Yeah, I can totally relate as a designer. And like when your creativity is your job, you like you get so in your head. And so like the burnout turns to like stress and all the things. And I think it's just like using a different outlet of your brain, like allows you to just, you know, kind of reset and like get new ideas. Because otherwise, like I'll just be like going in circles or like staring at my screen and it'll still be blank. So I definitely agree with what you said, Sarah. Another book rec is, I know someone mentioned it also in the chat, but Atomic Habits really changed the way I think about routine and how to incorporate things into my day. So everyone buy Big Magic and Big Magic, right? Is that what yes, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's, she's this, I'm putting this in the chat. She's the same author as Eat, Pray, Love, which is bizarre because it's completely different. Yeah. yeah, but it is like powerful. It's one of those books that you will remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. Wow. No, I I definitely want to read it. So I'm going to get that one. But and then everyone else needs to read Atomic Habits if they haven't already, because that one's also incredible. And then I wanted to share one little sneak peek feature that we're adding to Rella. So if you guys are tracking social media goals, Rella is a great place to do it because it's automatic. So we're actually introducing like automatic goals across all platforms, not just Instagram. So you'll be able to track like all of your follower counts, set ambitious goals, set realistic goals, and you'll be notified 
whenever you do hit them. So obviously we're going to do a little promo with that. But the next feature that's actually coming out in a few days, like in a few hours, honestly, like it's, it's, it's being pushed. We need Apple to approve it, but it's called repurposing. So you can actually be present on multiple platforms. You can reach a wider audience. You can spend more time creating less time posting because you'll be able to repurpose your Instagram reels, TikTok, and YouTube shorts all on Rella and then Instagram reels and YouTube shorts, you can auto post. So you can actually just like send it out. So if you have a TikTok, you can just upload it here and then auto post it on reels and shorts. And it's going to reach a much wider audience because I don't know about you, but I feel so much pressure like, oh my God, I need to be on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all these different platforms. And at the end of the day, you're kind of putting, at least for like me, I'm resharing a lot of the things to different platforms because I want to know what does well for my audience, especially in this experimentation time. So definitely check it out. It's not up yet, but follow us so that you get notified when it is out. It should be going up tomorrow. And we just pushed it out and it needs to get approved by Apple and that, you know, there's just never like an exact time for that. But yeah, this is coming out and we're so excited. I've already been like testing it and it's just so useful because it's so annoying to have to upload on TikTok Reels and YouTube Shorts. And I will say guys, YouTube Shorts really helps you grow. Like I didn't think it would, but it really does help you grow. And that content is like very similar to what I post on everything else. So very, very excited for this. And Rella is free to download. So download it, go on the website. It's on desktop and mobile, Android and iPhone. So yeah, let us know what you think about it. But we're really excited. Hopefully this little webinar slash live podcast, we did things a little differently today. So let me know how you liked this style. We wanted this one to be more conversational. And I'm also, I just feel comfortable doing like a live podcast because I also like know Sarah and Tess and Natasha, you know, so it feels like friends chatting, which I really love and appreciate. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Tess. Thank you, Natasha. This was incredible. And share this with your friends, post on stories, tag all of us and everyone go follow them because they are my favorite people to follow. And they just give so many like words of wisdom and entertainment. And I'm like obsessed with you guys. So seriously, like, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.